Tea Soul Pop, Season 6, Episode 2. Hello and welcome to Tea Soul Pop, the mini podcast for busy teachers. My name is Laura and joining me today to talk about LGBTQIA plus identities in the English language classroom is Peter Fulliger. Peter is an independent ELT diversity, equity and inclusion consultant, editor and writer from the UK who works with various leading publishers within the industry. He was a teacher for over 17 years, and six years ago, he decided to become self-employed. Since then, he has edited and written exam practice materials, student and teacher workbooks, and diversity guidelines. Peter, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your time. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for inviting me. So, yes, my my name is Peter, and my pronouns are he and him, and it's so good to be here to talk about LGBTQIA plus inclusion and why I think it's essential. A good place for us to start, I think, Peter, is just to navigate that rather long acronym. Could you explain what LGBTQIA plus identity means? Absolutely, yes. It's rather a long acronym. Um, A lot of people choose not to use the whole acronym. They may just say LGBT plus or maybe LGBTQ plus. But to go through it, and these are kind of definitions from Stonewall. So the L stands for lesbian. So a, a woman who has a romantic and or sexual attraction to other women. Gay is for men who have a romantic sexual uh, attraction towards other men, but also gay can be almost like an umbrella term for um, the lesbian and gay sexuality. Uh, The B stands for bisexuality. So this is really an umbrella term for someone who has a romantic and or sexual attraction to more than one gender. Trans is is really another umbrella term, which means that someone, uh, someone's gender doesn't fit or doesn't sit comfortably with the sex that they were assigned at birth. And within this umbrella, there's also non-binary, um, gender fluid. So there's quite a few um, terms that people choose maybe for themselves. The Q um, for me stands for queer. Queer can be offensive for some LGBT plus people, um, but other people find that it's more empowering to, to use it. Other people use it for uh, questioning, so people who are thinking about their identity. I is intersex, so where people may have um, biological attributes of the binary sexes. Um, Asexual, where there may be no romantic or sexual attraction or varying degrees of it. And the plus is for the the further identities, which I won't go into because there are a lot, but things such as pansexual, uh, things like that. Why is it so important that we make space for these various identities in the English language classroom particularly? Mm. Well, at the moment, um, we don't exist in English language Mm. teaching materials. We, like so many other marginalised communities, but of course, at the moment, I'm just talking about LGBT+. And we do exist. We we are people. We exist in societies. Um, and 
by representing LGBTQIA plus identities in materials, we're, we're showing maybe role models, we're showing um, students that maybe people like them do exist. For non-LGBT plus students, it's, it's maybe an opportunity to help erase discrimination or to stop prejudice. It's, 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 I like to use the word usualize. And I have to say, this is not a word I've coined myself. Um, it comes from the magnificent Sue Sanders, who is very, um, she's a pivotal figure in the UK LGBT plus community. And she used usualize rather than normalize. So because if we say, oh, we want to normalize LGBTQIA plus identities, it kind of implies that they are abnormal. Mm. And of course, we're not. Um, so by usualizing, showing LGBT plus people in usual situations at work, um, doing hobbies, where their identity isn't necessarily something to be discussed or something to be controversialized. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that we and other marginalized communities, we deserve to be seen, we deserve to be represented. Um, and I think we owe it to the students who maybe are questioning themselves to see representations and to know that maybe they're not alone um, in, in, in who they are, because it's something we can't change. So for today, I know you've prepared some examples and tips to help teachers make their classes more inclusive and to celebrate uh, diversity. What is the first example that you would like to share today? Okay, so yes, the first example that I'd like to talk about is when teachers maybe teach about families. Um, you might know that in, in many ELT course books, the, the type of family that is presented is usually a traditional, typical nuclear family that consists of a mother, a father, and probably two children. There are so many different types of families, not just LGBTQIA plus families. And one thing that I, I do like to say about this is that if we do present a family that has maybe two mothers or that has two fathers, I wouldn't present this as a gay family or I wouldn't present it as a lesbian family. To me, it is just a family. And I think that's really important to, to not put that label on it, to, to kind of highlight that it's dis somehow different when it's really not, it's, it's a family unit. Uh, and the same goes for maybe a solo parent or a single parent or for adopted children in a family. Even within the LGBTQIA plus community, um, I think it's quite clear that in some cases, the biological family doesn't necessarily accept who the, their child is. And so we have this idea of the chosen family and that is who doesn't have to be LGBT+, plus, but it's someone who, who kind of treats 
maybe a very close friend or close group of friends as their family. And this is something that isn't seen in ELT materials. And I think by kind of expanding and exploring different types of family is one way that we can include more, L well, any LGBT plus identities. Um, so that's a really great first um, example. And I know you've got two others in the bag. So what's the next one that you want to share? The next one I want to talk about is pronouns. And this has had some eh, negative things said about in the press and in the media, but really pronouns. And here I'm talking about the use of they and them for potentially trans people or non-binary people. Um, and, and pronouns are something that we use every day. We use all the time. And when it's presented in course books, it's always he, she, in that order, which I also disagree with. That's but a good he, point. <laughs> she, and it. Um, and so when I write my materials, I often try to, to flip it and say she, he, but also to include they, because they, of course, we can use as a singular person. Um, mm -hmm. If a person chooses to use that, they don't have to, but if they want to, then it's really up to us to respect that and also to teach about it. Because if we usualize, it's that word again, usualize, if we usualize pronouns in course books or in ELT materials, it, 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 it kind of demonstrates that trans people and non-binary people do exist and they do deserve um, to be seen, they do deserve to be recognized and represented. And adding they and them in a singular table is probably the, the simplest thing that, that mm -hmm. someone could do. So that's my second one. And that easily slides into what teachers already have. I think we can relate to that piece in the course book when talking about pronouns, just spending a little bit of time and doing some concept checking questions and allowing students to ask questions as well. It can have a huge effect and it's probably five more minutes maybe of, of conversation added onto your classroom time and no further materials needed. Mm -hmm. So that's a really simple and practical tip. Um, that you shared for number two. You've given us two fantastic tips about uh, the family unit that you spoke about earlier and supplementing ma uh, materials if needed to kind of keep things open and pronouns and exploring other pronouns that we can use to be inclusive and thinking about people's identity. There's a final and third tip or example that you'd like to share. Oh, take it away. What's the final one? There is, there is. And this is more to do with, um, again, supplementary um supplementary visuals more than most because as we know in elt course books the images that we see well there are no lgbt plus images and so if a teacher brings in some um, extra images to show the class or whether it's in in the physical classroom or online then i would suggest um getting some I suppose perceived to be LGBT plus identities uh, and there are um, free image websites out there where you can find these sorts of images and let's say for example that there is a, um, a topic of hobbies for example 
and maybe you have um, a, a male and a female uh, couple, um, I don't know, water skiing. I don't know whether we see that in classes, but well, there we are. Um, and maybe another couple doing pottery and maybe um, a group of friends um, playing football or cricket. And to have what may be an LGBT couple. Now, again, this doesn't have to be highlighted. So you, uh, I wouldn't say, so this is a heterosexual couple playing cricket. And this is a lesbian couple um, playing football, for example. It would just be a couple playing football, a couple playing cricket. And just to, to leave that implication there, but it's showing or it's demonstrating a much wider variety of identities that students may take in one way. For example, they may think the couple um, are sisters or brothers, for example, but that's their interpretation of it. I think it all depends on, on what the, the impression is um, from the students. So that is, is my final point, really, to try to incorporate more, I suppose, more same-sex couples within imagery, visuals, but not necessarily to highlight that you intend this as a gay couple or a lesbian couple. Thank you so much, Peter, for your time today and for sharing these insights. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for having me. It's been wonderful. So for more ideas and inspiration on LGBT plus inclusion in the language classroom, you can find Peter on LinkedIn as well as Facebook and Instagram at LGBTQ in ELT. Or you can check out his website at peterfulliger.co.uk. And as always, I provided links in the show notes and on the TESOLPOP website so you can find those easily. If you have a question that you'd like us to answer or you have a topic that you'd like to pitch for an episode of Tisa Pop, then you can contact us via Instagram, Facebook or the website tisapop.com. Finally, you can support the work we do at Tisa Pop by leaving a rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast, sharing Tisa Pop content with your teaching community or even buying us a coffee at ko forward slash Tisa Pop. Mm-hmm.